Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you to everyone who subscribed and listens on a daily basis. Um, today, uh, we're going to talk about developing consistency, and we might title it something different, but I was uh, I found an old notebook um, tucked away in a shelf, and I opened it up, and I had this thing written for, um, for my sales, but it said, 11 steps to uh, sell consistently. And I started looking at um, some of them and I realized, man, and really uh, just in life, whatever people are going after, that some of these will be a big help. Just some practical things I've learned through um, over 10 years of, of, of putting things to the test, developing which motivation works, what doesn't work, what lasts, and like really key foundations and principles for success in life no matter what you're going to do. Some of the more practical things. So today, I don't have a scripture verse to dive into, um, but I do have some things that are going to um, uh, help and add for you. If you're willing to write these things down, I want to tell you, your year will be different. So many people come up with their New Year's resolution or they decide to do something, and three years later, there's nothing has changed. These will help you get to where you're wanting to be, to achieving your goals. So number one, um, uh, to, to developing consistency in your life and what it, whatever area it is. Number one is know what you're doing. Uh, we call this competence in the workplace. This is develop your skill. This is something that takes time. One of the big preconceived notions that um, big, let me say this, misconceptions that people have is that if you start at something and you're not good at it, it's not for you. You know, your brain is actually wired to protect you from things that are difficult. So your brain, when you're exercising, is the thing. It's not really your body. It's your brain that processes the pain and says, hey, it's time to stop. Your brain is actually geared to shield you from difficulty, shield you from failure. Someone said, man, you people who want to, someone recently said to me, I can tell that you're kind of a perfectionist, but I feel that I'm the same way, but I have this fear of failure. And for me, one of the most things that helped me the most is I listened to this um, audio book by John Maxwell called Failing Forward. And it dawned on me that failure, through this book, they tell the story that failure is actually a stepping stone to success. So it's one of the steps that it takes to get to success. Failure is not something to be feared. It's something to be overcome, right? It's a step on the way there. Um, but they said that this, you've got to be like nervous of failing. And, and, and uh, for me, it was when I identified that failure wasn't final unless I gave up, it just became a, oh, now I know one more way not to do it. Skill is something that you develop. So whether you're in sales, whether you want to go in the ministry, get competent at what you're doing. If you're going to be preaching, I'm going to put, put you on notice here, you're, you're actually going to have to know some scriptures. So start memorizing scriptures. If, you say, if I say, what does it take to be a minister? You're probably going to need to have a time in the Word. You're, you're definitely going to need to have time in prayer. You're going to probably need to memorize Scripture. You're probably going to need to understand what grace means. You're probably going to need to understand. And you begin to study and spend time studying these things that are going to help you. Ways of communication, getting good with analogies, practical things that will help you get there. Ask yourself, in 10 years, the man of God, the woman of God, these people who 
speaking to people who want to go into the ministry, what does that person look like? What are they good at? And begin to develop those characteristics. For me, sales, it wasn't really a choice that I, it wasn't like, oh, I got into sales. Oh, I didn't look ahead and say, man, I'm going to preach the gospel. I should get into sales to learn how to be a good persuader. God took me on that road. But looking back, these are things that have that have helped me. God will lead you and put you in places to develop talents and skills um, that uh, will help you for your calling. If you're going to be a parent, hey, what is competence? Even for marriage, if you want to get married, half of it is just understanding what it takes to have a good marriage. What does the Bible say about marriage? What, is, what are practical things that you can do? Begin to read books on marriage. Get competent. I want to tell you, your future spouse will be grateful that you took time and instead of doing anything else you could do, you read books on marriage. By the time I got married, I had read probably four or five books, different books on marriage. And some of the stuff you go through and you're like, this is kind of nonsense. You read stuff from non-Christians and they have these advice on different things to do, you know, sign a prenuptial agreement. Some of these things that as Christians, we're going to look at and be like, ah, I don't think that that's, I think if I'm marrying someone that I need to sign a prenup with, I'm probably marrying the wrong person. But spending time. So number one is get competent. Number two um, is be persistent. And I can't overemphasize this. Too many people uh, mistake difficulty for grace lifting. They, they see things, things get tough and they think, oh, the Lord must not want me uh, to be doing this. Difficulty is just because you're growing. Difficulty is actually a sign of growth. If you're not running into something that's hard, you're not actually improving in an area. Difficulty is a normal part of life. But people look and say, the moment it gets difficult, I've had so many conversations with people. Yeah, you know, the Lord spoke to me and this is what I need to be doing. And then a month later, yeah, I just felt like the grace lifted and it was time for me to move on. No, things got difficult. This is you actually improving. The Lord gave you this in your life for you to grow into the man or woman of God God has called you to be. So be persistent. Not everyone is going to understand what you're doing from the outset. Be persistent. Make up your mind to stick it out. In sales especially, not everyone's going to get it the first time go around. Be persistent. Number three, be on time. Man, how practical and how important. Be on time. Be a person who's up early. Have a schedule. What What time do you wake up? What time is it? It should be, it shouldn't be 30 minutes before you're supposed to be at your first appointment. I want to tell you that you need as a Christian, have time with God. I know you make time for these podcasts, but there should be a time where you sit down with the Bible and maybe a cup of coffee. I recommend the coffee with the Bible and you, that's you spending time with Jesus on a daily basis. What is your wake up time? What time do you go to bed? If you've gone to bed at two o'clock in the morning, and your work doesn't, and, and you're not like a, hey, I work a second or third shift. If you've gone to bed at two o'clock in the morning in the last week, you're doing it wrong. You should have a bedtime. I'm a grown up. I had a bedtime when I was a kid. Yeah, but it's a sign of being grown up. That's a structure. The reason your parents have a house and had a family is because they're grown ups and they have a bedtime. So put away childish things and find yourself a bedtime. I try not to see midnight. That's my goal. Do not see midnight. They actually say, I'm going to give you some little education here. The best, because of the way the, the earth rotates, um, because of the way the earth rotates and the way the, so the sun sits, that the best sleeping time is between 10 and 2. The best sleeping time, you get the most rest in your sleep between 10 and 2. So not all six hours of sleep from 2 o'clock in the morning to 8 in the morning is not worth the same as 10 to 4. It's actually worth less. It's not as good sleep. So choosing um, to be on time. And then, uh, and then along with that, being a full effort person, if you're being paid hourly, being on the clock, it's your responsibility 
to give full effort. Do it as if Jesus was your job. If Jesus hired you to come and work in his carpenter shop, be a full effort person. So be on time. When it's work time, it's not time for anything else. Number four, identify your weakness and guard against it. You know, in sales, there's hardship every day. Rejection is one of the hardest parts of sales until you get over it. But identify what are your tendencies. For many people, the moment difficulty comes, the tendency is to need to be entertained. And I, I was like this. And there's even still tendencies in that. You have a tough day and all you want to do is come home and eat a huge meal and sit in front of the TV. You're needing to be, you're needing to be entertained to like get over your day. I've seen so many people who had such potential in sales and are right on the brink of breakthrough in their sales career When they went home, they had a tough day, and instead of studying to get better for the next day, they went and played video games, and they tried to distract themselves. Even for myself, I noticed, you know, I would carry a bag of trail mix, and I would walk, and uh, I would knock on a door, and if I got a bad rejection, I would immediately reach in my bag of trail mix and, like, start eating. Why? Because it's a comfort. Food was a comfort for the rejection, and I'm not saying that the almonds are a weakness, right, but realizing that your body is set up for that. And so identifying what is my weakness? If I have a bad day, what do I do? What is that leading me to? Guard against your weaknesses. I'm going to move on to the next one, number five. Have a why. Have a why and one that's bigger than yourself. You know, with everything we do, there needs to be a deep why. As Christians, our ultimate motivation is the day we stand before Jesus Christ. Why am I doing what I'm doing today? Why am I, why do I have a podcast? You know, we don't actually make money on this podcast. Funny enough, you know, there's not people like sending in streams of offerings to us. There's, we could put ads in the podcast, but we don't because that's stupid, right? Why do we, why, why do we have this? Because I'm called to preach the gospel. First of all, I love you guys. I love people. I want to see, I want to see people doing well in life. I want people to go to heaven. My motivation is that I can bring people to heaven with me. But my ultimate motivation, that motivation is shaped by the fact that there is a day marked on a calendar somewhere where I will stand before God Almighty and give an account for my life. And that's my number one motivating factor. That motivates me more than food, you know? That motivates me more than anything. That motivates me more than money, more than anything. That's why the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. When people's motivation in life is just to make money, that love for money will will take them on the wrong course in life. But when your motivation in life is when I stand before God, I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm willing to make any change in my life. So developing your why. In sales, we would, you know, people would have a why. And there's good to have things you're going after. Oh, I want to buy a new car. I want to pay off these debts. But have one that's bigger than yourself. Man, my goal is to send my mom away on vacation. My goal is to do this. Have something that when the times get difficult, that you can look at. Hey, what's my goal? My goal to lose weight. My goal is that when I, you know, I'm going to incentivize myself. I remember I had a friend who was wanting to lose weight and I knew he needed help. And I said, listen, now don't come hitting me up for this. But he said, I said, listen, when you lose weight, I'm going to buy you, I'm going to spend 200 bucks on new jeans for you. When you get down to this waist size and you get down to this weight, let me know. And it was like 40 pounds. It wasn't like, I'm trying to lose eight pounds, right? It was like a lot. And he, he did it. And we went out and we, we got him jeans. And it was me just being, you know, one of my friends and me just being a man of my word. But incentivize yourself. Have a reason why you're aiming for it. So when times get difficult, you have something that you can look back on. That's one that'll actually really help you. Um, having a why, having someone you're accountable to for that, and one that's bigger 
than yourself. And then this goes into the next one is do it for them. In sales, I would always say stay on the customer's side and love your customer. The truth is with no matter what you're doing, there's someone else that benefits. All good business benefits someone else. You're in a position and you're doing something and it should be contributing to society. So as long as what you're doing is not illegal, as long as you're not like selling weed at a weed dispensary, right? You're doing something that's actually hurting mankind. You're not working at a Planned Parenthood place uh, facility. You're doing something that contributes. Figure out who your work benefits and realize that you're helping people. Even when I sold security systems, man, I had a list of things that I, that people that I was benefiting. There were people in China who were developing products who had work because I was there selling home security systems. There were people in Utah at the call center who had a job because I was selling security systems. There were technicians who had a job because I was selling security systems. There's, there's, uh, ASICs who is benefiting because I was buying a new pair of ASICs three times a year, right? Things that you do. There's someone who's mowing my yard because I'm out working and he's benefiting. Who does your work benefit? As a parent, who does your work? Man, you're raising a generation. Do you know how important your job is? Don't let anyone talk badly about being a stay-at-home parent. Man, what an important job. You're raising people of the future. There is a way to do stay-at-home parenting wrong and there's a way to do it right. If you're out, whatever it is, man, I was a janitor for a while. And my church choosing to do it. What am I doing? Yeah, I'm cleaning bathrooms. You People can look down on that. Man, I'm doing something that makes people's experience at church better. Imagine going into a church, you're trying to receive from the Lord. People come in, they need a miracle. And then they go to the bathroom and there's, and there's, and the bathroom's unclean. There's paper towels everywhere and it's not clean. Man, it takes away from the experience. Know that there's someone that benefits from your work. So do it for them. Focus on loving your customer, loving your family. Figure out to do it for somebody uh, else besides yourself. So much of work, people have a, a heart where it's just for me and my family. And it is for you and your family, but there's someone else that benefits, right? We were built with a heart that was meant to be, as a Christian, a heart that's not selfish. That's, hey, I'm doing this for somebody else. And then um, number seven, uh, and more of just mindset stuff, but aim for improvement and not perfection. You know, so many people, they want to be perfect. And I believe, honestly, in, in God has given us grace where we can then live a holy life. But perfection is a matter of the heart. It's a heart that says, Lord, if I mess up, I'm quick to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. But aiming for uh, improvement and not perfection. The moment we think we have to be perfect in any area of life, it takes the joy right out of it. In sales is the same thing. The times when I did the best was when I was just like, man, I'm just out here selling alarms. Helping, hoping to improve. Even after 10 years, nine years of doing it, my 10th year, that mindset of like, I'm aiming to improve. How can you be aiming to improve? You've knocked on hundreds of thousands of doors. You've sold, I sold over 2,200 alarms in my career. How are you aiming to improve? Man, I'm still improving. I'm just a young guy out here just having fun improving, right? So aim to improve, whatever it is. In ministry, we can take things so seriously. Man, I'm getting better. I'm still finding my preaching voice. I'm still finding my tempo. I'm still learning the word of God. I'm still, you know, as long as I live, I'll be learning things about the word. There'll be fresh, fresh revelation. There'll never come a time where I know everything. We don't even scratch the surface. So aiming for improvement. And then with that as a Christian, having a heart, a perfect heart towards God as someone who's quick to repent. Lord, I'm sorry. I've messed up. Please help me to get better. So aim for it. Perfection. Perfection is having a heart towards God that's right, that doesn't accept a low standard, that aims to, to, to please God and everything. But then also you can give yourself grace. If you make a mistake, hey, it's okay. If you're a musician and you make a mistake, hey, that, that didn't go as great as I wanted it to, but 
I'm going to improve. What did I learn? For me, every day, even after 10 years, if I had a bad day, I'm not going to beat myself up over this. I'm going to let myself learn a lesson and I'm going to move on. What did I learn? Okay, cool. Well, even if I didn't sell today, I learned something and that is helping me to do it better tomorrow. Man, I just talked too fast today. You know, even when I preach, there's times, man, you know, I could have done that differently. I was just doing this. I need to do this a bit different. I need to learn to be more sensitive. And you learn a lesson and say, okay, I'm not going to be discouraged. The devil wants to discourage you. You can do something a little, you can do something really well and do one thing wrong and he'll get you to focus on the, the one little mistake that you made, the one little scripture that you misquoted, the one little whatever, right? The devil wants to you to, to discourage you. I heard Mother Teresa say, man, I can't believe I'm quoting Mother Teresa again. Mother Teresa say, she said, God doesn't mind failure. And this isn't in the Bible but I liked it. And I think it could be right. God doesn't mind failure, but he doesn't want discouragement. God doesn't want you to stay discouraged. God wants you to be able to pick yourself up and go on because discouragement will oftentimes lead to why do I even try? Let me just give up. Don't give up. The devil will fight you. Listen to me. The devil will fight you only on what's important. He will, he fights women on their womanhood. He fights men on their manhood because it's important. He fights, he fights the father in the home because it's important. He fights the, he'll fight you on the position on things that matter. He's not bothering with things that don't matter. So if he's attacking you in an area, know that he's fighting you in this area because it matters. And then the last thing, and I'm going to wrap up with this is have fun, man. Life is too short. Yes, we live forever. But there's the grace of God that allows us to enjoy this life. God will grace you. The Bible says of Jesus, it says he was anointed. Here's my scripture. He was anointed with the oil of gladness above his fellows, above his fellows, because he loved righteousness and hated wickedness. When you serve God with the whole heart, when you go after the things of God, yes, we need to be people disciplined. Yes, in life, in sales, in business, in a family, we need to be people of discipline, people with a why people who who are guarding against our weaknesses, people who are on time. But you can learn to enjoy everything through the process. You can learn to have fun. Ask God to help you have fun. You guys are amazing. We love you. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Don't compare yourself with other people. You know, that's one of the things that'll kill brotherhood quicker than anything. You looking at someone else and feeling like I have to meet up to their standard. They're doing it better. I remember when I started drawing uh, and I'm not really not very great at it. But I, when I started like adventuring and drawing, I was always terrible at it as a kid. So I started like learning and I was I got a little drawing thing in my drawing kit. And I was like just, you know, um, dabbling in drawing, I guess. And I had a friend come over and he, he had a degree in like uh, design of some sort, architectural design. And he came over and I was like asking him questions and he sat down and just freehanded this little like character. And it was so good. And I was so bummed because I had been drawing for like months and it was still so crappy. And here he comes and sits down and it actually discouraged me because I was like, man, so effortlessly. He just tried not realizing that there was a process that he went through of getting better. So don't let yourself be discouraged by comparing yourself. They're a better singer than I am. They're a better preacher. Why do I even do it? Some people have that idea. There's someone else doing it. Why am I even doing it? God gives you talents. God gives you things that need to be developed. And it goes back to number one. Just get good at it. Stay your own lane. Don't compare yourself with other people. You're going to be responsible to God for the talents he gave you, not for the talents he gave anybody else. Love you. You guys are amazing. We'll see you too.